Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. There is a difference between being invited to a wedding feast as a guest and being invited to your own wedding feast. There's a big difference. Um, and this parable that we are looking at today is actually about this idea of being invited to a, a feast, uh, the, the, fe- the feast that the master has prepared for us. Now, in Luke chapter 14, verses 15 to 24, we find the parable of the great banquet. It is also recorded in uh, Matthew chapter two, uh, 22, um, where it's uh, speak, uh, speaking about the, the parable of the great wedding feast. Now, in this parable, uh, we read Jesus explaining something about getting into the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus had this habit of eating with many people. Jesus loved to to sit and eat with people, and, and when they were eating together, he would teach them on various things. Now, Jesus... The beautiful thing about Jesus is he loved to eat with everyone. So you will find Jesus spending lots and lots of time with religious leaders, the Jewish people that that were very religious, and then you will also find Jesus spending lots of time with those who were considered the outcasts or the sinners, the tax collectors or the prostitutes. Now it seems like whenever Jesus spoke to the outsiders or the, the outcasts, uh, that he was very soft in his approach, a lot of grace that he, he usually showed them. But when Jesus spoke to the insiders, the the religious people of the day, it seems like Jesus was very straightforward. And in this parable, he is doing exactly the same. You see, in this parable, uh, the the context of this parable is Jesus is having a meal with some religious leaders, with some Pharisees or experts in the the laws of of Moses. um, And he's busy teaching them. And on one occasion uh, or on one moment of this um, dinner or lunch that they were busy having, one of the Pharisees in verse 15 says the following. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God. And so to this statement, Jesus responds with a parable, with a story. And so that's why I believe the parable of the great banquet is about those who get to feast in the kingdom of God. It's about answering this question, who are those who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God? And so I believe this parable is actually a salvation metaphor. It's a metaphor to explain how do we enter into this feast of the kingdom of God. And so in verse 16, uh, Jesus responds, and he's speaking to this Jewish crowd or religious crowd, and uh, I believe he's also challenging them and also warning them, in a sense, uh, about their rejection of him. Verse 16, Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent out his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go see to it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys 
of the town and bring in the poor, the cripple, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Now, in this sermon, um, I think, again, we are speaking about a parable. Now, uh, you can make a parable really difficult in a sermon, or you can make it really simple. Um, I can try to retell this parable in a, a new way or try and give you a new metaphor, which I don't think will be very smart, because the one who told this parable was Jesus, the best storyteller that they ever lived. And so we can just use this parable and read it and see what Jesus is actually telling us, because I think Jesus' sermon is more than sufficient for us today. But then what, what, the way you can make a parable really easy is just to explain the metaphor, just to explain what, what Jesus was pointing to in this metaphor. And that's what I want to do uh, today as we look at this passage. Now, the first part in verse 16, it speaks about this invitation. Many are invited, and then when the time has come, when everything is now ready, a servant is sent out to go and call those who had been invited to come, because everything is now ready. It says in, in verse 17. Now, in this time, there were usually two invitations. People were invited, and then the master and the servants would prepare everything for this feast. And once everything has been prepared and everything is now ready and completed, the servant would go out and invite those and tell them, everything is now ready, you can come. And this was actually pointing to the Jewish people. They received the first invitation. They were part of the people of God. But then Jesus comes and proclaims about himself that everything is now ready. You see, Jesus' uh, last words on the cross was tetelestai, which meant it is finished. It is complete. Everything is now ready for us to enter the feast of the kingdom of God. Everything is now ready. And so Jesus is actually in this parable speaking to the Jewish crowd he was speaking to or the religious people saying, you are rejecting this invitation. I come to tell you that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus made it very clear that he is the only way to the Father. But the Pharisees didn't get very excited about that statement. And so they, they rejected this idea that, that, that Jesus was saying that he is the only way to the Father. And so Jesus is pointing out to them, you are rejecting this second invitation. Now that everything is ready, you are rejecting this invitation. And so in this parable, or this picture, or this metaphor, Jesus is telling God is actually the master preparing and making this invitation. Jesus not only proclaims that he is now the one that has prepared everything for us, but Jesus is also the messenger. Jesus is the servant going out to give this invitation to the Father's feast to us. And the beautiful thing is that if you also stick with this metaphor, is that you and I, we see ourselves also as the messengers or as the servants that are sent by God to go and tell people that everything has been prepared, everything is now ready for you to come in and take part of the feast uh, of the Father. You see, Matthew 28, Jesus says, go out and make disciples. Or in uh, John 20, verse 21, he says, as the Father has sent me, I now send you. So in the same way, we are servants compelling people to come 
uh, and partake in this feast of the Father. Then verse 18, 19, and 20 just goes on about these different excuses that people have made. And uh, I think in this, Jesus was pointing and uh, he was very, you know, straightforward with the, 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 the crowd he was speaking to and saying, you are busy making excuses. The irony is that you think that you can prepare your own feast. You think that there are other things more important than accepting this invitation that is now before you in the person of Jesus. And I think we can also relate to this. Making excuses and not actually saying yes to the greatest invitation of all time. I don't know if you've ever been at, the place, at that place. I've been at that place when I was in high school, uh, especially, where I would have this thought of saying, well, I first want to enjoy my life, and then I will serve God. It's like, I first want to just go and try out these yoke of oxen. I first want to go and inspect the land. I first want to get married, and then I will start serving God. It's like these excuses. But you know the irony or the, the, the silly thing about that kind of thinking is that we think there is another feast that is better than the feast that God is offering to us. And the great thing is that all of us that have met Christ have tasted that His feast is just so much better than any other excuse in life. And maybe if you are a person that is, that you know you are far from God, and you are trying to find a feast in life in other things, in your job, your, your status, your career, or in certain relationships in your life, maybe you are at that place where you realize that it's just not good enough. It's not enough. You need something more. And I want to suggest to you that that more that you are made for is actually the invitation to this feast that we are speaking about now. It is found in the person of Jesus. Now, verse 21, the servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry. Let me just pause there. Do you think God can get offended if you reject his invitation? Most certainly, yes. The New Testament is very clear on the fact that God takes offense when you reject his son. It seems like in the New Testament, when, it, when it's speaking about uh, the idea of, of, of ju judgment or, or justice or even the wrath of God, it is surrounded around this idea of rejecting His Son, Jesus. If you reject His Son, you offend the Father. It goes on, He became angry and ordered His servant, Go out quickly into these streets and alleys, into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Now that is actually referring to you and me. Uh, it's referring to the Gentiles. Jesus is telling them, listen, uh, you know, to the Jewish leaders or religious leaders, if you reject this invitation, it's going to go to the Gentiles. It's going to go to everyone else, which includes you and me, Everyone else will be invited, whether they are crippled or lame. Matthew 22, it actually says in this verse, it says, the good and the bad. It says, go out and call the good and the bad. That's great news for you and me, because it means you don't have to be good or bad. Whether you are good or bad, crippled or lame, doesn't matter how much you've messed up. You are invited to the wedding feast. You are invited because it's not about whether you are good or bad. It's about whether you are invited and have accepted the invitation of Jesus. All other religions 
have got this formula that you have to make your own feast happen. The gospel is different in that and says it doesn't even matter whether you're good or bad. You get invited because Jesus has prepared everything for you now. Jesus is the proclamation that it has been done for you and you can just say yes to this invitation. Verse 22, Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room. Now, I love this. I think I want to put this like, I don't know, somewhere in our church. I want to put that statement. There is still room because there is always still room in the kingdom of God. And we are actually called to go and invite more people. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. God is calling us to compel people to come in. And it's also, this parable is also about the honor of God. It's about the honor of God. You see, in this time when your banquet or your feast, that you, the party you threw, if many people attended, it is a sign of honor to the host. Now in the same way, God is saying, my house will be full. You know what the good news is? This was actually just a prophecy also of what we will see in all of eternity. In Revelation 19, we see the picture of the full house of God. We see the picture that my house is full. That statement that the master has said, it has come to pass. Revelation 19 actually says, verse 6, Then I heard what seemed to be, a, to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. So we see a picture that the house of God will be full. Now, I know this is speaking about the kingdom of God, but can I say I think it applies to church also. We know the church is not the house of God like we are the, the house of God because he's come and made his home inside of us. But his house is also us coming together, us as a collective. And when we as a church gather in numbers, we are honoring God. I believe it is a, a sign of honor to God when we fill the church. As you know, we are um, allowed to have 50 people in our services at this moment in time. Um, and it's a, a restriction, surely. But I think something when I read this, there was something of a faith stirring in my heart when I realized that we can have 50 people. And I said, God, if we can have 50, may there be 50. We want to fill all 50 spaces because we want to honor you. We want to have 50 people coming together, honoring you together. And so if you want to know what my opinion was, uh, my opinion was, are and is, <laughs> what my opinion is on church online, and church coming together and honoring God in that way. I hope it's pretty clear. I believe there's something of honoring God when we come together to worship Him together. Now, church online is not the same thing. Church online is a great addition and a great alternative for when we cannot come together. But I want to encourage you. There is something powerful in us coming together, worshiping God together, sitting around His Word, and honoring God in that way. 
Then verse 24, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Now in this, this, this last verse, so remember this is an answer to this statement that this other man made when he said, who, uh, blessed are those who may feast at the kingdom of God or, or, or yeah, feast at the kingdom of God. And Jesus says, I tell you, not one of those who were invited, but not one of those who reject my invitation, Jesus, will have a taste of my banquet. And so in that, Jesus, just making it clear that he gives us freedom of choice. You see, God's love compels him to give you a freedom of choice. You see, if you are forced into loving God, it's not love. Then you're just forced into it. You see, love is only real when both parties have got a choice and they choose one another. Now, it's the same thing with the gospel is that God loves us so much that he gives us a choice and he wants a real relationship with us. But what Jesus is pointing out here is the consequences of a choice of rejecting Jesus is that you will not feast in the kingdom of God. Now let me just start closing. When we're speaking about a feast, we're not only speaking about heaven. We're not only speaking about one day going to heaven and feasting for eternity. It's that too, yes. But we're speaking about the feast of life right now. The feast that life is supposed to be for you now. The life that you were created for, you can enter into now in the person and the work of Jesus. See, Revelation 3 verse 20 says, Jesus making this invitation. Not only speaking about heaven, but speaking about right now. He's making this invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. There's another translation that says, I will come and feast with him and he will feast with me. It's an invitation, as simple as that. And if we open ourselves for the invitation of Jesus, he comes and he has a feast with us and we have a feast with him. Maybe you've tried to find fulfillment in other things. I want to tell you, the fulfillment you are looking for is in the person of Jesus. He is the feast of life. Now, very important that you understand this. Jesus is not only the guy that gets you into the party. Jesus is not only the guy that gets you invited to this feast. Jesus is the feast. Jesus is the invitation, but he is also the feast. You see, John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. 1 John 5, verse 12 says, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. We're speaking not only about life eternal, we're speaking about life right now. The life that you were called for, that you were made for, that you were designed for. If you say yes to Jesus, you get access to that life right now. You see, the feast is not only about Jesus. Jesus is the feast. Revelation 19, um, verses 7 and 9, I want to I read to you, or 7 to 9. And it's about this picture of this feast that we are invited to, a wedding feast, in fact. It says, Let us rejoice and exult and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And in verse 9, it says, And the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited. Remember the, the statement the, the, the religious man made when he said, uh, speaking, Blessed are those 
who get to feast in the kingdom of God. And now this verse saying, blessed are those who are invited to not the feast of the kingdom of God, but the marriage supper of the Lamb. The feast of the kingdom of God is the marriage supper of the Lamb. It is Jesus himself. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. So here's the point. The feast that we are invited to, Jesus doesn't only get us in. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the feast. And Jesus is the groom of this wedding supper. Now, if Jesus is the groom of this wedding supper, where does that leave you? You're not a guest. You are the bride of Christ. See, in Revelation 19, verse 7, it says, Let us rejoice and exult and give Him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure. Here's the point. You are the bride of Christ. This wedding feast that you are invited to, you are not invited to only attend it or to spectate it as a guest. You are invited to participate in it. There is a difference between being invited to a wedding as a guest and being invited to your own wedding feast. And that's the invitation that Jesus makes to you. He invites you to something way bigger than any other excuse or thing out there in the world. So maybe just two invitations today. The first one, if you've never said yes to the invitation of Jesus, and you've tried to fulfill yourself with many other things, I'm going to invite you to say yes to the invitation of Jesus. Revelation 3 verse 20, I stand and knock at the door, and whoever, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you've done, whoever opens up, I will come in and feast with you. If that is you, take a bold step, go to the description below and find the place or the link starting point and fill in the starting point form and just indicate there that you want to start a journey with Jesus and start feasting with him. We would love to contact you, pray with you and start this journey with you. But then the second invitation, maybe you are already part of this feast. You know that you are the bride of Christ. You are already saved, but maybe you forgot just how good this feast is. And you've been searching for joy and for peace and for fulfillment in your career or in your family or in other things, in other experiences. Maybe today is just a reminder for you to stop searching and making excuses. Stop searching out there because the feast is already prepared and his name is Jesus. Run into Jesus. If you are in need of joy, run into Jesus. If you are in need of peace, run into Jesus. He is the feast of life. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your open invitation. Thank you for your grace and your kindness. Thank you that you've done it all, that you've done it everything, that everything is now prepared for us just to say yes and enter the feast that you have prepared for us. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.